Hey everyone! Welcome to Plotting, a podcast about gaming, education, and everything in between. I'm Adam. And I'm Charles. We hope you remember to share and subscribe for new episodes every Tuesday. Hi everyone, welcome to Plotting with Adam and Charles. And today's episode is... How to be a gamer if you're a teacher and how to be a teacher if you are a gamer. Excellent. I've been, you know, really looking forward to this. I think it's a really natural first, you know, early episode for our series. So Definitely. I guess, which one should we start with? Should we start with the question of how to be a teacher if you're a gamer or how to be a gamer if you're a teacher? Hmm. I think I would go how to be a gamer if you're a teacher first. I think that is probably more relevant to our audience. All right. Uh, I definitely agree. Let's begin with you know, so there is a lot of teachers in this world, and I think that very, you know, not enough of them have real experience in the gaming lifestyle, which, you know, me and you identify with. So clearly, clearly, <laughs> let's give them the, let's lay out a roadmap for them and maybe talk a little bit about why. So what, you know, let's say a teacher wants to get into gaming and for whatever reason, we'll discuss some whys in a bit. What okay. would you suggest to be the best way to get into gaming? Just simple, flat question. The best way to get into gaming. Um, well, to me, gaming always comes back to my friends and family or, and, you know, on a broader level, getting in a good social experience. And so the first thing I would do if I was totally new to it, didn't know, you know, what I would like is I would check in with my immediate social circle, see if any of them have recommendations. Uh, probably you're going to find at least one person who has something they're super excited to show you. Um, so that would be my recommendation. What do you think about that? You know, you brought up like a good point about uh, you'll sometimes hear people ask, they're like, should I get the PlayStation or the Xbox? And the answer mm -hmm. is, what do your friends have? Like, ultimately, yes, there's console exclusives and you know, they do have some benefits and minuses with, you know, cost and whatever, but like really the only answer is get, you know, what you, your local vicinity has. So, you know, in these days it's like the switch or those two. So I definitely that's think true. that's a great way to start. Um, I also think, you know, I read this guide once when I was younger, this is like a long time ago and it was like, how to get your girlfriend into gaming. <laughs> okay. And I was like, huh. yeah, okay. that's what I want to do one day. And then what they suggested was uh, the first step, get or get your partner. I said, also, is what we should say it. Get your partner into gaming because you're a gamer. And you're like, how do I get my partner gaming? Get them a device. Okay. That's good enough to do it. So, like you said, it's like figure out which device. But in this case, mine was written for PC gamers in mind. And mm -hmm. then they suggested the Sims, is what they suggested as like, the number one game to get maybe new people that are don't have a lot of gaming experience. So how do you feel about, do you think that's a good uh, route? Their, their explanation was it's just like, I mean, one, it's a terribly addicting game. Incredibly fun for people. <laughs> Although now, now that we're going down this line, I do wonder if it might have been more focused on uh, like in a sexist route. So maybe we shouldn't <laughs> go farther. But I mean, really, The Sims is a great game for, for people of all genders and ages. And uh, I think what made it especially appealing is that it was being one player really, I think brings, takes off a lot of pressure because um, what I've found is when trying to get new friends into gaming, sometimes if you're like, Hey, you're going to play games with me. Excellent. 
let me introduce you to Dota. Like it's it's so hard to, to be in like a team-based game where people rely on you. So maybe it's like, maybe what I'm trying to say is co-op games, which for our audience, I should say is cooperative games where the players work on a team instead of- Very true, very true. Uh, you know, more versus games where it's you against other people, possibly against your friend. Hmm. Um, I would definitely say, yeah. um, you know, you, I don't know. I haven't played The Sims in a very long time. Uh, I don't even know if there's been multiple editions. I don't think now. there's new ones. I, I think that's. I probably just played the original Sims, maybe. Oh, well. But what I can say for sure is that something that that guide sort of clued into is think about your audience and whether your audience is yourself, you know, you're trying to get into gaming or maybe you're trying to convince your friend or significant other who is a teacher that they should get into gaming. Um, and I think bridging the gap by starting with a topic that they're interested in is a really great way to do it. Um, and I do think you're probably right to say, go with the, uh, the co-op route first, though. I'm sure that's not correct for everyone. Again, it's all about, you know, what, it, mm. what is your intended participant? What, again, whether that's you or someone else enjoy, because I know some people who you don't just absolutely love to, to be in that competitive place and, they want to have a winner and a loser. Like at the end of the day, they want they want to know if they won or lost and the metrics by which they can improve. And if that's you, then maybe start out with something a little more competitive. But again, it's all about catering to your audience so that you uh, you know have a good first experience because it all comes back to first experiences with everything in life. That's fair, and I I like that you're pointing out that it is really personalized. It's it's really about, and I mean in this case with our target audience of being teachers who are or educators people in the education field who are curious about getting into gaming for various reasons uh really what would you know what are they going to stick with so i do think a common reason why i would encourage teachers or i mean there's a lot of reasons um but one of the main reasons why i would encourage teachers to get into gaming is that a lot of the same strategies in gaming i think a lot of the same skills or strategies can be applied to a classroom because uh you know there's there's this movement in some some education circles towards gamification okay and it's just it's so weird to me to see adults to see like teachers you know abstractly studying gamification almost like from a psychological perspective or like you know like skinner boxes when in reality I don't know. I think there's a lot of value to be had from exploring a lot of these gaming experiences. Modern games firsthand are like, you know, some of them are well-tuned machines that I think you could bring a lot of those ideas, I guess, into your classroom or into your whatever educational occupation. Definitely. I would say coming from, you know, more the, uh, the corporate side of education myself, uh, but I would say I'm semi-regarded as a, a gamification expert, at least within the organizations I've worked with. Um, it is funny, you know, you people really like mole over this and spend a lot of time trying to come with the perfect badge that will, you know, incentivize people to, to finish their three-hour, you know, training that they have to do. Yeah. And it's like, you know, rather than theoretically, theorize it and try and come up with a perfect like color palette and like what's a snappy name for your badge or, or anything like that like 
there's so many more examples, right? As with everything in the world, like globalization and the internet have brought us just like a wide variety of examples. So just go out there and, and see what's there because probably you could learn from what others are doing rather than have to reinvent the wheel is what I would say. I'm yeah. sorry, my dog is knocking stuff over. So maybe I'm leaning more towards Let's let's go down this thread a bit more. I I feel like starting with the how is maybe the wrong direction. Or I wonder, are you? Let's start with the why. Sure, why yeah, should more why. teachers be gamers? Whatever that means to you. And I guess we should start. Should we back up even further? What's a gamer? What does it mean to be a gamer? I do are think, we finding that? I do think um, uh, that's actually a good idea. It actually kind of jumped into my mind when we were just discussing earlier um, the personnel personalization and the individuality of the experience you know i think especially with sort of the like older audience that i work with um you know they hear like a gamer and they get this one vision in their mind you know is it the south park like, one is that what we're it might be the south park one or you know maybe it's something a little closer to home it's like they remember their like brother when he was 16 just like sitting in the basement with the dial-up modem like monopolized for hours and you know when in reality gaming has encompassed so much more than that i mean mm -hmm. you and i did a real life adventure game at one point where we were literally running around our uh, at that time my home city your continual home city of san diego um and you know like if you're a really out athletic outdoorsy person that's still a game you know and you can still take the principles and the strategies and apply them elsewhere but you're never going to get to to dig into that if you don't engage at all so i agree so I to mean, me everyone's a gamer okay. i think everyone can find a game that they love but i guess at the end of the day that's what it comes down to for me okay we're all gamers but i guess is there any value towards moving so maybe gamer is, is the wrong term then? Are we are we going for what? Geekiness? Geeky nerddom? What like what are we what's worth if every teacher is, is somewhere on the gaming spectrum? Okay, I mean sure. Every teacher is somewhere on it, and there is extremes on both ends. Why should teachers uh in that case move along it? Why why what is the advantage of moving along the gaming spectrum towards being more of a gamer? Someone who either plays more video games or more tabletop games or gamifies aspects of their life. Cause like a really fascinating, you know, to me, I'm seeing my wife do this a lot, right? Is she, there's a lot of gamification in uh, athletics. Like, what do you think Fitbits are? Like, like they're literally in many ways gamification. Like oh, absolutely. it's you now have an XP bar for your steps through the day and for your calories and for your heart rate. And you're like, yeah, I got to keep these bars before, you know, above a certain level or hit a certain amount. So, yeah. Yes. What is the advantage to moving farther along it then? Well, I think there's probably a lot of advantages if you do teach in a traditional environment. But even if you teach in a non-traditional environment, you know, the workforce is just going to keep getting younger. And for, you know, those who are going to be coming into the workforce in the next like 10, 20 years, like gaming, whether that's on a, a PC, their PS4, or just on their phones or tablets that have been ubiquitous for them since you know almost birth. Uh, gaming has been a huge part of their life. And so if you can't even connect to that at all, it's gonna be very hard to you know, 
uh, establish connections, whether in a, a uh, educational sense or in a professional sense. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I was thinking of, I read an article about how the average gamer, depending on how you, I mean, with the broadest definition, which is probably the most inclusive, uh, the average gamer is a girl. And that's that was like mind blowing to me. And it's because, a you know, we all have gaming devices. It's our cell phones and we play, there's like a ton of very popular mobile games. Um, oh yeah, Candy Crush. Yeah. I mean, Farmville, if you go far back until like the Facebook, the early Facebook I really days, do miss right? that. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the, you know, the predecessor to, to Harvest Moon, I think like, I mean, it came after, but I feel like it like now where everyone I can talk to about uh, what Stardew Valley and Harvest Moon, I'm like, yeah. Like Farmville. Yeah. Um, okay. I also think uh, you hit on an important point of, so again, coming from a very traditional teaching environment, traditional teaching environment, but like, you know, a teacher with children, I think- The K-12 classroom. Yes. Like you said, an incredible amount of your audience is going to be, you know, gamers and, or like, you know, students farther along the gaming spectrum because- you know, for a lot of they're younger, they, they have the internet since they were born and like to be able to connect with them and to be able to like, is manipulate the wrong word to like, you know, motivate <laughs> them, engage with them. How about that? How about to engage with them? Sure, sure. Like you got to be able to meet them each that. halfway. And it's like, to me, oh, ev you know, different teachers are always going to, uh, sorry, let me just, there you go. Different teachers are always going to click better with certain students or be able to engage certain students or reach students in a certain way. And I think as an educator, you know, you have a duty, you really do to just keep broadening your interests and your hobbies and keep growing, you know, setting not just the, the example of like a growth mindset for your students, not being like, I'm old, so I don't like that thing. Like, hmm. but being like, oh, you know, it's, it's new to me. I'm, ex you know, I'm excited and curious about it. But, and again, just like, as you broaden your, you know, it's nice to be like, I'm a little bit of an artist. I'm a little bit of a, a logistician. I'm a little bit of a reader. I'm a little bit of a Harry Potter nerd, a Harry, but like also an athlete, a little bit going into like tropes now. But like, I, I do think like teachers that are gonna grow and keep up with their students, you know, a major political party, a major faction of their class, you know, has this interest. So it's really, if you wanna connect with them, the point is move along the spectrum, hmm. the gaming, so. Which actually brings me to uh, to something that I have heard expressed uh, a few times, actually hmm. from people who work in the, at the K-12 classroom still. Uh, and what they ask me or say to me is sort of, you know, Adam, I do like games actually. I, I play them or, or I'm more interested in playing them more, but I'm worried that if my students, you know, find out that I'm a gamer, don't want to play with me, and I'll lose all sense of authority. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I still have to have classroom discipline and I don't want to have to be like negotiating some like trade deal on, on you know, my 15 minute break. Um, so I guess I would ask you as someone who, you know, does actively game with your students, um, you know, not on all of your various gaming platforms, I'm sure, but I know you at least play a few things with them. Uh, do you feel like that is a pressing problem? Is that something that teachers need to worry about? Oh, I don't think it's a problem at all if you draw certain lines. I, I mean, being a teacher, it's all of, there's definite boundaries for a lot of reasons. But like, so like one boundary would be like, 
no, I'm not going to play with you when I'm at home. <laughs> like things like that. I mean, maybe these days because we're, we're always at home, but like I'm not going to play with you outside of school things. I also, you know, never friend a student. As, I mean, especially because I, I teach middle school, but even them, they're, they're young kids. Like I would never befriend a student on a gaming platform. I'm just not ready for that yet. I, I do not need, even if I'm not playing like a violent game with them, I just know I'll be on like Xbox and I'm like, time to load up this like violent game. <laughs> and then some student, I just would be like, oh, Mr. Cooper is playing that. So, you know, with some boundaries, I think you are kind of throwing away a, a big opportunity if you are a gamer, not just, and even if you're like, I won't ever play a student. That's, I mean, even if that's where your line is, you could still connect a lot. Like being able to discuss a current game they're on, you know, everyone these days is playing Among Us. And before that, it was uh, what that, that Fall, guy fall Guys game. Up. Yes, I'm which I did play guy. a bit, despite the fact that I hesitated over how to say the name. Uh, <laughs> And then before that, you know, like Fortnite, I'm sure Minecraft, like, I think there's a lot of value, like in anything. Again, it's like, just cause you, you know, maybe your school doesn't, I'm trying to draw like another analogy, just cause you don't have like a basketball court at your school doesn't mean you can't discuss sports with your kids. Like, like, and if anything doing that, boom, suddenly those kids that are into sports really, I mean, I've read that the number one correlation with student success over every other metric is just rapport with the teacher like beyond everything else like there is you know obviously there's like better teaching strategies and obviously better like uh you know there's other factors but the major correlation one is rapport because you know honestly if a kid wants to please you and a kid wants to you know achieve for you in some ways which isn't isn't the ideal i guess motivation we want more intrinsic but like it just you know lubricates so it just it just uh facilitates all the rest of the things you're doing if they like you if they already like oh he gets me and to some degree he this person's more relatable more on like my they're not like some floating above me robot immortal teaching you know passing down wisdom and like i don't know so i definitely no, think I, yeah i definitely think that's true that's so funny you just sparked a memory for me um when I was an undergrad in college. Um, so longtime listeners will know that I, uh, I come from a family of academics and you know I have had an academic mindset for a long time from far too young, many would say, but uh, you know that's what happens when you grow up in a house with that many PhDs bumping around the walls. Um, and so, you know, I'm a freshman in college. I'm really excited. I'm taking my first classes and talking to my parents on the weekend like any good freshman in college um maybe not friday night but you know on the weekends and my mom's friday like pretty oh, great okay. so yeah oh yeah obviously um and my mom's like okay well which classes are you liking and i tell her and you know i remember at the time i had this history of uh race in america not a topic that uh obviously a very interesting topic, very deep topic, but not a topic that it is, you know, funny, I guess I would say. <laughs> and yet, I guess what stuck out to my mom, uh, when she listened to my description of how much I was loving this class is she's thinking, you know, you really are engaging with this material because the teacher is teaching it in this very approachable and funny way. You know, like, not that he was making light of big serious moments, but you know he was he was trying to find the the silver border on those clouds, um, and 
as I moved along through my college career, she, she noted this a few more times. And then uh, when I was, I think, probably a junior in college, I was talking to her. I was like, oh, all right, like, what are you up to this week, mom? And she's like, oh, I'm trying to put some jokes into my lectures because I realized after listening to you talk about the classes mm -hmm. that you liked that my students might engage more if I was more funny, more approachable. Um, and, you know, obviously you don't have to, to be doing stand-up comedy while you're teaching, but any, what, every little thing that you can do to break down that barrier um, is just going to add to the experience and make any kind of learner more excited about what you are clearly passionate about if you're teaching it. So yeah, that's just what, what sparked for me. I mean, I definitely agree with that. And like, to me, if you're gonna, and this is, you know, in the, it's never ideal, this for viewers, like it's never ideal to be a lecture style teacher, very like top down. But if you are going to be one, like what separates you from like a recording? What separates you from like Khan Academy? Like, like how am I beating Khan Academy if I'm even like, you know, giving like really good examples and stuff. And I think a lot of that is rapport building. It's a lot about, a lot about showing, you know, connecting the students on any level, even if you're in a big lecture hall, being like personable, being like, I'm a human too. So I like yeah, that a lot. I mean, yeah. I think that's super important too right now, right? With COVID, I mean, we're all adapting to new lives and, and many people haven't gone back to the classroom environment that they're used to across mm -hmm. all sorts of, of levels of learning. Um, you know, how are you making your e-learning experience, we'll call it your distance learning experience, any better than your student just, you know, searching on YouTube? Yeah. You know, whatever topic you teach and then following along. You have to do something because otherwise, What's the point, I guess? I mean, a little, definitely. A little grab and, there, but. I mean, well, to answer that question on a bit of an off topic, it's like the answer there is more interaction, especially interaction between students. I see I see a lot of online teachers these days, you know, again, just going straight, going back on their <laughs> straight lectures. And you're like, you really got to differentiate yourself from a video. <laughs> like, that's, the, <laughs> that's the current challenge. Um, okay, so moving back to Back moving to the along topic the spectrum. Hand. Yeah, yeah, because I feel like sure, I, sure. I can rant about distance learning. Uh, <laughs> oh, easily, right? I mean, it's top of mind. What games? So, like, you asked me about, like, playing games with kids. I do think there is, I want to I want to plug a few games here because, you know, they're going to sponsor Assume, I assume. Minecraft is oh, amazing. Oh, very soon, no doubt, like, yeah. I run a Minecraft realm for the students, and it is just, like, so incredible to... I mean, during the school year and outside the school year, you know, like in distance learning, I guess this isn't outside the school year, but in class and outside of, you know, once we're at distance learning, that game has been incredible. So I do think, um, and like playing that with some of my students has been just such an amazing, like team building experience. And I think it actually kind of is teaching them some creativity, not just like, because Minecraft naturally teaches creativity, maybe like building stuff. But I think them seeing me work to like implement like fun things in it. I don't know. To, to me, uh, any chance to be, is that vulnerability? Any chance to be honest maybe with your students to be like, I'm trying this thing. It might not work. <laughs> like, hey, mm -hmm. let's do this housing contest in, in Minecraft just as like a side art project. Or like, let's do this like blah, blah, blah. Uh, I don't know. Gaming, there's a thousand games and I can't wait to talk about each of them with you. And you'll see just how many rich opportunities they provide definitely and uh 
to further plug Minecraft, potentially for the more, you know, data driven among us, there are mm -hmm. some great research studies out there. Um, when I was doing my master's degree, I actually uh, studied a few of them um, about tangible benefits that students can get from Minecraft, you know, in terms of just geometry and like, you know, because it is a, a very geometric world. And um, so, yeah, not to not to plug Minecraft too hard here, but um, I mean, Minecraft EDU is amazing is what I'd say. Like I explored it a bit. Honestly, like at my current job, when I applied here, they're like, show us an innovative lesson plan. And I wrote like I, I found a Minecraft like lesson plan and I adapted it. Hmm. which is not quite pirating. <laughs> it's not quite plagiarism. No, no, but I did. And I was like, yeah, here's how I did out this to like my specific classroom. And maybe that got me my job. So maybe this is like a self-sustaining cycle, you guys. <laughs> gaming helps me. And now here I am helping flattery. gaming. Perfect, yeah. Um, so uh, you said next? you were going to plug a few games. Oh, uh, what are some other good educational games? So... I mean, we, we're gonna have to have a whole episode about virtual reality. Is what I'd say. Uh, oh, definitely, there's I mean, some we great have an expert here on the show. VR games that, because I unfortunately, fortunately or unfortunately, maybe a VR was like one of the few what I'd call like gaming d devices. I guess I've had in my room, so that's what a lot of my experience mm. is gonna be with. Uh, I think that I wish that among us or among us was more school appropriate, because I think that that style of game could be really good for educators. Definitely. I mean, if nothing else, I think the, the social opportunities in that game are through the roof, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've been playing it with like my college friends lately and it's kind of incredible. I, I feel like you're learning a lot about people <laughs> by playing it. Not not like who are they are, they go, oh, they're, they're a murderer. But like, oh, like you, who can lie like who's lying who's who's like uh i don't know what i'd say is you can learn a lot about people by playing it in like a really in a way that'd be fascinating i assume for a teacher mm -hmm. to learn about their students and the students learn about their teacher and then um i don't know it's a great team building cooperative activity in general you know it's four of you on the same team or you know i'll take majority. the moment uh you know since we're talking about the lessons that among us has in terms of like social interaction and deductive reasoning um to plug a game called the resistance a good old you know yes. card and cardboard game um and maybe not themed appropriately for really young kids but at the same time uh you could very easily recreate a similar concept uh you might need to simplify the gameplay a little bit for younger kids though it's already pretty simple you know similar similar attributes you have of everyone playing there are some people whose objectives are working against the objectives of everyone else and you have to identify through a series of actions and encounters who those people are before you know they fail the mission for everyone else um but i think that's if that's the kind of experience that you want to add to your teaching i would just recommend the resistance here um hmm. that would be a good uh that would be a good substitute for Among Us if I wasn't an online teacher. <laughs> but yeah, any sort of those it's mafia true. style. Card and cardboard is uh, is hard right now, obviously. Games. Yeah, I mean, back when we were in person, what I'd say is I I think I got a lot of bang for my buck for you know board games. Obviously, Dungeons and Dragons because I run a I ran a Dungeons and Dragons club, but a lot of those board games, I think, uh, a lot of those 
gaming clubs in general, and I'm just thinking like ra just random board games, even ones that aren't focused on education, are just such rich, you know, again, get to know you, team building, rapport building, building little friendships in your class between students that like don't have friends. Like there's so many just uh, periphery benefits, maybe like hmm. both direct and indirect benefits to not being afraid to embrace like literal games. And this is like a whole different type of gamification, I would say. Like gamification is often, I, I feel like divided into two, two subcategories because like the literal definition of gamification, what we're discussing is like, almost like the psych, you know, the psychology, like how can I make my life or my, my exercise or my teaching more like a video game, more there's things giving me what dopamine spurts, I guess, when I'm doing the right <laughs> thing to, to motivate me to make the right decisions. But I also think gamification in the sense of like literally exploring existing games to educate kids or to build a community and stuff like that is another great reason to, I don't know, indulge. In, in moving along the gaming spectrum as a teacher. Um, yes. And, uh, you know, I don't want to take too much time on this, but I would say that, you know, given that the topic of this episode is, you know, being a teacher gamer uh, or a gamer teacher, um, that that's sort of why we're talking about that. Gamification of your normal learning activities is absolutely a, a worthy topic that I'm sure we could spend many hours on and probably will further down okay. the line. We're going to definitely have an old, <laughs> a whole like pure gamification episode is what I'd say. Yeah, for sure. Um, but that's why we're, we're probably dismissing it a little more out of hand than may sound, you know, righteous to some of you, I guess. <laughs> they're like, they're not exploring that feels like the first step. <laughs> um, Maybe we should go to the next topic just uh, and then we can go, we can blend back and forth. So, hey, gamers, half of you that have have maintained through that first part of our podcast and then didn't leave. Are you considering education? You. Yeah. Is that why you're listening to our podcast? Are you just some cool gaming fan who's like, maybe I want to be an educator one day? Let's tell you about why you should get into teaching because you've got you've got some important skills to bring. Um, I mean, the first of which is that we've already discussed it's really incredibly valuable for diversity in teachers on like every level. I'm talking every definition of diversity. And I mean, being someone who's into gaming, being a millennial or younger, is that? No, that's unfair, I guess. There's old people that game. <laughs> Anyone who's older than me, by the way, I classify as older. So, uh, <laughs> but like being someone who's a gamer, being someone who plays video games or tabletop RPGs, you can bring an incredibly unique perspective you can be an incredibly powerful, unique role model for students that need it, for people that need it. Uh, what else? Well, I, I want to tack on, you know, outside of being in front of the classroom, obviously this is speaking a little more closely to my experience than to yours. There's a huge need for people who are passionate about gaming and education, not just because of the, you know, the social benefits and the rapport building, but literally because teachers like yourself who would like to have, you know, some games that they can play with their kids um, or even those who don't, but, you know, want something cool to download to the iPad that like, you know, a few kids can play or whatever. That market is filled with so much bad content. And we are <laughs> going to spend some, some time on that later on in the show. Um, 
we should do like but, a, a hit list episode like here's why this thing is terrible <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah exactly um but you know if you are passionate about gaming and even if you're a little passionate about education um you know i think education games are sort of too easy to develop potentially because everyone thinks they know how to do it right it's like everyone played their version of like math blasters or spelling dunk or you know whatever super super easy math or spelling or you know english game that you had on or at least that i had on my you know little pc in the basement as a kid yeah um you know putt goes to the moon that's not an educational one but i just remember it was a great game (laughs) um no but you know you're not going to engage today's youth or even today's non-youth with uh math blasters i'll just put it that way and Mm -hmm. so and don't get me wrong i love math blasters like for its time way way ahead but um you know there's a huge need for developers and project managers and and all sorts to to get together and build some really really good really amazing educational video games because we need them yeah this might be prejudiced of me but i do think like you said well like you alluded to too many people get into that field without the like you know, is this like the, the Batman thing? I'm like, I need people that were like born in the darkness, not just ones that like adopted it. They were like, oh, I adopted gaming. I play some, some, and you're like, no, I want people that were like raised by World of Warcraft and like, like, like really immersed. And there's so many like hidden lessons of it that I think you can apply in just a more real way and more naturally. Like you, you've seen developers make like, like, wow, they killed the whole community with that one move. Or like, like they, they really like killed this game from this. There's so many, I don't know, small, yeah, just, just mini lessons day to day that you couldn't, you couldn't like, you know, teach someone in a lecture. And like, here's why you don't do this. Here's <laughs> click. And then we go to like in these, these people I'm thinking about, like these gamers, like they've, they've learned all those lessons and then they'll be able to apply it. Like, you know, they've learned it on in the trenches. They, they can apply it in such a real way to these develops, to these apps or to these, uh, you know, or to education, you know, if you become like a formal teacher type thing. So yeah definitely um what i think is like quite a shame and me and you have discussed this before and this may be us we're gonna, we might have to cut this because it's selling out magic the gathering card games Yu-Gi-Oh, pokemon why aren't why is there no educational one like would it kill the world to come out with like a collectible tcg trading card game that's like and i'm talking to you gamers people that that want to help out educators or, you know, just dip in an education field, make a common core aligned and you got to make it good. It's got to, it's got to be, it's got to at least be spoken in the same sentences as Pokemon, Magic Gathering and Yu-Gi-Oh! And, and then, oh yeah, you, you play common but core so, fantasy uh... land world. <laughs> so shooting, shooting low here, I see. Um, you know, trying to, to break into like the, the big three off yeah. the bat, but no, it's true. I mean, I think TCGs are definitely a format that could benefit from a an educator edition, um, but all sorts all sorts of games could really really use an education. I know. Game, I'm I telling you, like like a lot like, of these, that the world needs them. Like right now, if if people are like looking for like what niche should I fill, like that niche is wide open. Listeners, definitely uh, gamer listeners. 
how about what are some so again we're trying to lure these gamers and becoming teachers we're me and you we're doing a lot of work here right we're like hey teachers be a bit more into gamers you know find find ways to play fortnites with your kids uh play the fortnite uh and then gamers Go on the facebook after and brag about <laughs> it <laughs> let's let's convert some more gamers into teaching what are some what are some skills you think that that gamer is this too cheesy to go into? Well, but let, let's just do it. What are some skills that gamers, you know, uh, and teachers share? How about that? What are some? All right. Yeah. So just some generic skills. Um, generic well, honesty, valor, <laughs> what? bravery. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the same thing as valor. But I mean, for one, and I find that this is a skill that is strangely skipped over maybe mm -hmm. in the modern world. I think because there's an assumption that people have it, but uh, just computer, like, you know, digital interfacing skills, understanding quickly at a glance, you know, being able to, to take away from a, a user interface, like in 30 seconds or a minute or less, you know, you may not have all of the, the fine utility down, but sort of having a gist of like, okay, here's the main screen and over here's my menu. And, uh, you know, oh, if I click the menu, like what are the five most important sub menus that I'm going to clearly see here? And, you know, is there a toolbar of some kind? Um, you know, it, it seems like basic stuff, especially probably to, to the ideal audience here, people who have gamed passionately for a long time, but those I mean, skills are strangely lacking, you know? Technological like, literacy, you would not believe. Yeah. Like gamers, people are listening to this and are like, should I be a teacher one day? I don't know. Hey, the world needs new technologically literate teachers. And I guess you're right. That is kind of a baseline assumption that we, we can have for most of our, certainly the PC gamers, if not presumably many of the other styles. Uh, yeah, you. there are a lot of teachers who have such not, they're doing their best. These are good teachers. I do not want to denigrate their efforts, but they are extremely, you know, held back. They're at a big disadvantage by the lack of technological literacy. And again, there is no great way for them to adopt it. Like, like there is like, you know, tech skills at the local library or like my, my child will teach it to me. And like that, these are like some great, tapes like over these this big hole but like again people that have these things these skills that are so like fluid and natural oh my gosh you don't even know like i feel like lesson planning is so much easier i feel like uh adoption of new programs because there is like we live in this great modern technological era of education and there are some teachers that just or like some school districts what i say because a lot of times it's more top downs so we're like well the principal doesn't want it, so we won't do it like there are some teachers that are just so reluctant or don't have it would just be really inefficient for them to explore them right like like they're like oh let me Definitely. let me try out this new app mm, and you're like man it, it, you should be like in 10 seconds figuring out this is garbage or like oh in 10 seconds you should be like wow this is really impressive that or like i don't know there's there's so many levels of tech literacy that again facilitate effective no, teaching ab yeah absolutely so getting beyond tech literacy to, sure. to something that is a little bit more of like, I don't want to say a valued skill, but something that, you know, people would put on their re resume probably. Um, oh shoot, I had something in mind that I wanted to discuss. Um,
I have an idea then. Oh, do you want me okay, to? Yeah, you go for okay. it. You go for it. So I'm, I'm gonna. You real? I realize I just, I just divided up even further. That's the, the few gamers that made this far. So, you're not a PC gamer or you know a technologically literate gamer. What I'll say is, hey, people that play other, you know, tabletop RPGs is what I'm thinking. Like, a lot of the same skills. If you're like a DM, a lot of the same skills that you use in Dungeons and Dragons. You know, flashback to that future and or past episode. Uh, about this is like a lot of the same skills you would you use as a teacher honestly maybe it's more like improv is that is that the wrong vein oh, yeah. but like yeah improv well, it's more than just skills. improv too right it's like you know like table management shares a lot mm -hmm. of elements with classroom management oh so much yeah i got way yeah, better at like... both of them as i got better at both of them <laughs> like, like they each of them feeds the other one absolutely um, and actually, this feeds well into what I was wanting to okay, say. Good, so you thank bet. you for, for sparking it for me. Teamwork. You know, so we're, we're speaking to, to the gamers right now, right? Yeah. Like, whether you play a video game or a card game, I'm sure we've all hit that, you know, zero-sum game mentality, either ourselves or we've encountered it in a teammate um, of, you know, I'm just not going to do this. Like, I'm not going to engage, even though I'm, I'm here playing this game. Like, I'm just going to intentionally not do well. It's like sitting in the fountain in Dota. Is that what we're talking yeah, about? Exactly. <laughs> you know, or even, you know, going beyond that to like denigrating your teammates' efforts, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And you're like, like, man, this is not helpful. <laughs> like, like, no, like that person knows um, they messed up. We don't need to rub their face in it. Exactly. And, and that exactly is what I want to address, right? Like, if you're a gamer, you have been in a game at some point. I don't, maybe you're someone who does, like, you know, have a hard time with their emotions when they're gaming. And maybe you're, like, toxic, as all the kids are saying, right? Um, but I guarantee that no matter how toxic you are, you have been in a game where you've been sitting there listening to someone else and just been thinking, wow, man, like, that is uncalled for. And not necessarily addressed it yourself, you know, potentially addressed it at someone else on the team or, or in the game. Um, and I think that that moment, rather that happens, you know, once a day, once a week, once a month, once in your lifetime, just reflecting on the lessons from that moment and how, you know, what actions can you take to turn that around? I think that's huge in the, in the teaching world, right? Like, if we look at like anti-bullying efforts is the one that sort of easily jumps to mind, but even hopefully, but you know, before you get all the way to anti-bullying, just being able to take a team that is taking a negative turn, a team of students or, or learners and redirect that negative energy and, and turn it towards, okay, you know, and this works in the professional field too, right? We've all been in a meeting where, it gets off derailed because someone brings up like, oh, hey, there's no way we can possibly get that done by that timeline. And then the whole meeting starts to go down the, the rabbit hole of, well, if you guys can't get that done, then we can't get this done by that mm -hmm. time. Um, I think being able to recognize that, uh, that sort of starting to spin out into that negative energy and, and redirect and say, hey, team, you know, that sucks. And, and you know, Unfortunately, that's not going the way we want it to, but how can we attain our best positive outcome from here going forward? 
I think that's a skill that gamers probably have. And even if they haven't developed it a lot, they have had that moment of recognition, I guess. Yeah, they've had a lot of opportunities to at least be on the other side of it, right? To be in that meeting where everyone's like, and and like the clan leader or the guild leader is like, chill, guys, we're not ever going to take down Ragnaros if we're all like doing this one thing. (laughs) Which, you know, again, another plug. If you're a clan leader or a guild leader, those are like, that's like training right there for education. (laughs) Like managing, like everyone log on. Okay, now everyone, did you do your homework? (laughs) Have you all memorized your rotations? (laughs) It's true. Maybe uh, we should... This is a this is an idea for a whole future podcast or maybe okay. a business. You know, I mean, in the world uh, of COVID nineteen, I think a lot of educators are experiencing this difficulty of like, oh man, like, how do I like manage my classroom and make sure kids are logged on, and how do I make sure all my documents are like Dude, correctly? You're right. We, we, we need a head this. We need clan leaders. We need, a, <laughs> you're like, we need a partnering like system between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, do you have a do you have a Discord for your class? That's it. I run it through the Discord. Which, as a plug, I actually do think Discord, you know, could be incredible for schools to explore. I, there's a lot of like unique things that again that are just on the table, but that like, you know, we can't even begin to explore the limits, the the positives, the benefits, like or the negatives, the like challenges, and how to overcome these until enough educators are on board. I can even say the word sure. Discord. If I said Discord in like an educator convention there'd be like three people who sit up and they'd be like yeah we know what that is and everyone else be like i've never heard of it is that the thing my <laughs> my child is on that sometimes i take it away from them and i'm like what is this i don't know so no uh, yeah i mean yeah. that is funny though um i actually know a person who teaches uh undergraduate level uh, evolutionary biology mm-hmm. in college and with uh you know the pandemic he couldn't do his labs in person so he live streamed a fish dissection over Discord and got, you know, some of the highest like participation and best grades that he's ever gotten um, out of a class ever. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not gonna say that speaks volumes because everyone's experience is gonna be different with it. But I do think it's an example of how a tool that, you know, would otherwise be marginalized in like the education community can mm-hmm. totally be like flipped on its head and be made to be super, super valuable. Oh, I'm so on. One of my favorite things as a person, if not educator, uh, or maybe as an educator, if not as a person is marrying the best of different fields. If you're like, okay, so you're like, well, is Discord good enough? And you're like, well, yeah, it already passed through the fact that a ton of gamers are, you know, like different are, are using it. And they're like, we chose this. Like we had other options, like, uh, team speak and i'm trying to think of like other things that are dead now you're like and like we found this to be the AOL. best one and there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of reasons why this and so that, like there's some efficiency there there's some like i mean and, and again in every field i there's so many when you see like like what works best for this one group of people you're like maybe that's see, worth seeing how it could apply to to teaching and again that unique that diverse perspective of being someone in the gaming community and you know, Discord's now, but in 10 years, there'll be a new Discord. There's, there'll be a new blank of that maybe would be transformative in the educational field or certainly in your classroom, which I'll tell you, you as a teacher, that that's probably where most, if you go just into teaching, like that's, that's where your power is. But you have that power a lot of times. Like you can explore those things. Um, I wanted to point out, so I, before we get farther away from it, you talked about like, what is it like that the negative spiral maybe or that like mm-hmm. like we've all been there like we've been that guy in the fountain or we've been if not actively 
you know, complaining about this one teammate that is just letting your team down, like perhaps at least feeling those feelings and like suppressing them barely. And what I'd say is I can't express enough how much empathy certain students need and don't get because their teachers or every adult in their school possibly or every adult in their field haven't experienced it and like like because like this will happen like like there are some difficult experiences some traumatic experiences or some challenges or things like that that human humanity shares and then there's like some smaller group that like people that like you know this thing share and people that do this one thing share and like again going with the idea that a lot of your students are gonna be into gaming like a lot of them have had I don't know, like that. What I I just I really feel like you bring like a whole new level of empathy when you're like I've been there. Like I see you losing your temper over this thing, and maybe it's not a gaming related thing crisis in your like company or in your uh, in your classroom. But I think I, you just can really truly empathize in a real way that people without the gaming experience, you know, maybe they arrive there by a different route, but you know, at least, you know, you're bringing that. So there's, there's value there. Definitely. Um, Some other, right. oh yeah. Oh, okay. Do you want, I, I made oh. two more, two more listing of skills that gamers can bring to teaching and why you should consider it gamers okay. listening to this one awesome. multitasking. How do you feel about this? I think I'm going to, this is my new theory of Gamers are awesome. Okay. Uh, I think gamers are good at multitasking because I think Carl's more is than a theory of gamers yeah. are awesome. Got it. <laughs> I think a lot of other hobbies, I mean, few other hobbies reward multitasking on the level that, you know, and again, this is not speaking very generically, that like generic gaming does. Like, I have never been so rarely in my life have I been overwhelmed with so many different meters, so many things to juggle than in like various video games. Because it's artificial, right? Like in real life, that rarely happens. Like, like that shouldn't really be happening to you. But do you know where it happens? Is in a classroom where you have 30 meters or 35 meters being these individual students who all have their own levels of emotions and like, you know, engagement in an activity and sleepiness and they need to use a bathroom and blah, blah. Like to me, teaching is like, I don't know, maybe there's other jobs that are equally multitasking, but teaching is definitely one of them. And I think, how do you feel about this, I guess? Uh, I definitely think, you know, there is something to be said for that. Um, you know, multitasking is a skill that is perceived as being very valuable and the gaming can definitely make a better multitasker out of you or, you know, whether you are better at multitasking or just diverting your attention from one thing rapidly to the other, which is well, that's what, because ultimately but, you're right. Humans can't truly, I've read, and I've experienced, you can't really do multiple things at once. But I think it's true. making Humans those snap parallel processors. priorities, like prior, prioritization and kind of like the heuristics of being like, deal with this, yeah. deal with this, deal with this. Like that flow, I mean, like anything. And the, the more you practice something, the better you get at it, okay? So Absolutely. that, you know, juggling of your attention, that pri rapid prioritization of how to split because you're right again not parallel processing but i think there's a lot of overflow there no okay or no i'm i'm totally with you and then the next thing i was going to say is again tunnel vision big stressful moments maybe this is just me i get like i can get like into games and i can have like incredibly i'm thinking like 
PUBG, like, like incredibly stressful, tense moments. And I think uh, teaching, also me as a teacher, sometimes there's like really stressful moments in, and like, I don't know, maybe this is just, it, maybe it's any job where you work with kids. There's gonna be like crises where like, you're so responsible. You're so like, you have to make like big decisions sort of, I don't know. Maybe this is the wrong way of going. But like, I feel like when you're dealing with all adults, to some degree, you're like, you know, like you at most have to care about yourself in any crisis. And by crisis, I'm just talking about like really not like fires. I mean, although I guess technically fires and stuff like that, but like, uh, you know, like big stressful, like, like a kid loses their temper and like kicks a, you know, throws a chair or something. Uh, maybe that was the wrong way to go. Uh, you know, crisis management. Is that, do you think gamers are going to be especially good at that? <laughs> or is that generic? I mean, I'd, I'd love to say that I do think gamers will be good at that. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, sorry, gamers, I love you. And I support Charles's uh, theory of unified theory of gamers are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have to say, having been a, a, you know, a guild or clan leader across a perspective, a variety of games, um, I guess I would say that tunnel visioning in and uh, you know, not knowing what to do in a moment of crisis is just as common in the gaming community as it okay. is outside of it. Like, but I guess what my question is, you don't think they get more practice with dealing with that? Because again, in regular life, how much do average adults get that opportunity to practice that? Like, how often are they in an accident? How often are they, you know, like someone's acting really violent and loud in like a line that they're standing? I don't know, I'm trying to think like, what are real life like mini stressful moments like that? where you might tunnel vision or not, or like. Hmm. I mean, I suppose that's true. Um, or what other hobbies? Practice. I guess sports, maybe maybe this is, a, is, sports, is too broad. Yeah. Like sports practice that. Those, the, sports is definitely a place where like you can get tunnel vision or not. You can like deal with this like mini crisis or not, or like, or deal with it well or not, like be more broad about it. Okay, okay, that's fair. Um, where else should we go with this? I don't know as we're uh we're wrapping up into our final minutes here that's true um, well there's what are the what are the challenges of breaking into either world or uh you know before we do any other discussion if this is the end of our podcast of the day let's what games do you think might indicate you might be a good teacher and we're we'll accept serious or not serious questions for this question it's not serious answers for this question what game? Yeah, you might be a good teacher if you play blank. How about that? Are we That's answering the name of the this or we're asking the listeners to? Uh, no, no, me and you are answering it right now because oh, okay, okay. our, our listeners right now are artificial. That, that's Simulated. True. Simulated listeners. Hello, simulations. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to go with. Sorry, can you restate the uh, the context? Because it's just I, like, I got, like you might be a good teacher or a good candidate for teaching if you are a gamer who does this or plays this. So I'm gonna go first. Hi, I took it. If you DM, bam, that's right. Callback. Wow, that's if my, you're a dungeon uh, master, one, yeah, <laughs> that's gone. So find something else. <laughs> well, uh, we already talked about you know clan and guild leaders. I think. Okay. That shows a lot of skills with with dungeon mastering. But how about this? You might be a girl, a good teacher if you're good at RTSs. What do you think about that? Do you think StarCraft, things like that, are going to be especially? Again, this is like micromanagement. That's huge in teaching. And again, prioritizing. 
I mean, I suppose. There's no bad ideas during an improv game. So that was a trick question. Your turn. (laughs) All right. uh, I'm going to go with, you might be a good teacher if you... I'm going to say something a bit controversial here, but I am going to say if you are a successful first-person shooter gamer. Okay. I do need you to explain that. Although I agree with it, because again, in this improv game, you have to agree. (laughs) Okay. Well, yeah, you're stuck agreeing whether you agree (laughs) or not. But um, so there's a reason I qualified it, because anyone can play an FPS game. You know, I, I don't even particularly claim to be very good at them. Um, so hopefully that, that doesn't remark on my teaching abilities, but I think that people who are successful FPS gamers have a good reflexes, but that has no bearing on your ability to be a teacher, but what they Many have, times children will throw pencils at you, <laughs> just oh. catch them there. <laughs> throw them back. Sorry. Counterattack. It was, it was a reflex. okay. You go. Um, but I think what they have is they have an ability and this goes back to what we were just talking about tunnel visioning, um, to, maintain a holistic like large scale view and and more than just fpss i guess i'll stretch this out to like mobas and and any other uh sort of large scale game where individuals can only affect small portions of the like field of play um so you know even this gets back to like rts's like you said right that if you have the ability to keep your eye on the bigger picture while focusing in on these smaller like crisis flashpoints and dealing with them effectively, um, I think that's something that's super, super useful in the classroom. And oh, and the real teamwork that, like, you know, in, like, a Counter-Strike match, like, that real teamwork that, like, discussions, I think, like, knowing someone has your back and communicating is huge. Uh, okay, my next one. You might be a good game. You might be a good teacher if you – oh, I had one queued up. Should write. should have written this down. <laughs> Okay, let's just be really biased now. If you uh, explore cutting edge technology, like virtual reality, but, but any cutting edge, again, it's like being on the edge of it, I think it'd be a big advantage as a gamer. Again, you're like, you have to be ready to, or as a teacher, you have to be ready to evolve. Like teaching or constantly new program comes out. You, you have to keep reading the same book year after year. <laughs> I say, as I give my kids Lord of the Flies this week, I'm like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's been out since the 40s. Uh, but you know, like, like, Ideally, you're, you're exploring, you know, always new methods, new, new techniques. Okay, good. Don't no, I'm, actually, I'm actually going to, I'm going to divert from the game because oh. uh, you just brought up Lord of the Flies. Fine. And I think um, I was just reading something super, super interesting about Lord of the Flies that I think oh, more okay. people should know because <laughs> kids all across our nation every year oh, no. are forced to read Lord of the Flies. Oh no, is this going to be and anti what forced- I'm doing to my kids? <laughs> I don't know. It depends on your perspective of teaching. I'm not saying every teacher teaches it the same, but I'm going to speak to my experience and an experience that I know from conversation many other people share, which is that they get forced to read Lord of the Flies and it sort of pitched them as like, all right, kids, you're 13 now. You have to learn about human nature and the <laughs> beast that lives within all of us, just waiting to reach out and crush the weaker members of our civilization <laughs> at any moment. And I was just listening to a fascinating interview on NPR, which is why I know all of this. Um, so big shout out to uh, to NPR. I think they're, they're going to sponsor us soon, right? Okay, good. Hopefully, yeah, soon, very soon. Um, but what this interviewer was saying is that, A, we don't know of a lot of instances of kids actually getting like abandoned on hmm. small islands. But in the very few instances that we know of, of this happening in real life, it's almost the opposite is where human nature goes with it. 
Mm. Uh, the few instances that we have, the kids have like developed a system of governance, figured out like a work schedule rotation, developed even like games and other activities to bring it back to gaming, to keep themselves occupied as they wait. And, you know, to, to get really like feel goody about it. I think that gaming is sort of something that draws all of humanity together. And it struck me that, you know, in these few scenarios, Lord of the Flies like scenarios, instead of, you know, abandoning one another or anything like that, that these groups of humans with relatively like small knowledge and training would band together, figure out how to survive together and that, you know, they would develop the, these methods of play. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm going to say about that. But, okay. uh, I, hope, I mean, that gives me a lot yeah, to think about. I'm already, we're already midway through. We can't quit. And I just sell to them like, can't guys, it's like Fortnite, but with kids, huh? <laughs> They're like, oh, this is so crazy. Uh, but yeah, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, am I giving them the wrong lesson? Like, like is one of the main themes Lord of the Flies, like, we need order. We all need to obey authority because look what happens. We get wild without it. <laughs> and then, I mean, he is writing it straight off of World War II, right? So it's true. Is it more of a metaphor? I don't, I haven't, I haven't taught it yet. I'm only partway through. I'm not even sure what happens at the end. Just kidding. I, I'm a prepared <laughs> teacher. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm uh, sure you read the Flies growing up, right? I mean, certainly while growing up. I do remember it. I do remember being fascinated again. And even as you were talking right now, I was like, man, I would love to read more about these kids surviving on an island. I'd love to be that person on the island. Although in this case, it'd have to be with air condition and, you know, no violence. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, uh, you know, I just quickly Googled it because I do want to plug mm -hmm. it. Uh, the author's name is Rutger Bregman. And his book that he's published is called A Hopeful History of Humankind. Uh, so go check it out. I think he has some really, really fascinating examples. Um, there we go. Wow, we're we're plugging all sorts of potential future sponsors. I know this is how it's we, a good thing to throw a wide a wide uh, net. We can tag them all when we release it. We'll be like, exactly. oh yeah, hey, you got a shout out. You have to find it though. <laughs> They're like listening to like all hour and like, wait, is that that guy mispronounced my name? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we're gonna wrap it in there. Or did you have? I guess that bookends our conversation. We, you know, we ended on uh, gaming bringing those child, those lost children together. So you know, they sh that perfectly bookends us. Well, here I'll I'll wrap it up for you. I'll give you okay, a perfect good. final speech. Here. here we go. All right, final monologue. I've been practicing for years for this with my DMing. Um, <laughs> we started out right? Talking about why should gamers be teachers and why should teachers be gamers? And I expressed pretty early on, you know, I think everyone is a gamer and where, how this book ends us is I think that this example proves that I'm right. Everyone is a gamer. Play is something that is quintessential to human nature. It's something that, you know, you may not play in exactly the same way as someone else, but everyone can recognize the need for play in others. Um, and so to me, that's, you know, whatever your kind of play is, uh, just try and appreciate the play that your students are bringing to the classroom and try and enable them 
in tying that play together with their learning experience because it can only have positive outcomes for everyone. I love this. And I, I'm going to take it, unfortunately. I'm going to add more, and you can talk in that. Like, again, so many educators, they're they, they like, oh, man, Fortnite's so big, or oh, Minecraft's so big. Oh, the kids, all they want to do is play their games. I'm like, yeah, and then embrace those things. Like, find how you can, if not make it directly educational, then directly community building, or you know, bring elements that even in a joking way into like your own, you know, random math problems and things like that. Like that. I think there's just so many educators turn their nose up to it and they're like, mm, like the kids are so obsessed with that thing. And you're like, so use it. Like, don't, don't fight it. You're not going to win against Fortnite. <laughs> like, like it'll die on its own accord. Give it a few years. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm. That brings us to the end of today's cast. We hope you had fun, learned a little, and join us next week. Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes each Tuesday. You can also find us on social media at Plotting Podcast or on our subreddit, r slash Plotting Podcast. Mm-hmm.